My Car Guru, episode 185. Hello, folks. This is Lenny Lawson, the Car Guru, a real-life new car dealer with a twist. I actually do tell it like it is. You don't expect to hear some of the stuff that I say um, since I am a, a car dealer, uh, I, but I've been doing this a really long time, and um, you know I've done it wrong before. I've learned some lessons the hard way. I wasn't, you know, I don't really consider myself a natural salesperson. Um, I'm, while I seem like I'm quite the extrovert, um, I'm really kind of a private person. You know, my wife and I, our favorite place to be is at home. And so, you know, some people like to go to parties and stuff like that. It's just not me. But uh, I do like to have fun. Do not make that mistake. I do like to have fun, but mostly with family and friends and customers and car shows and car races and, you know, restoring cars and stuff. I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different ways and not enough in most. You know, I always wanted to be an air, uh, airplane pilot. My dad was a pilot. He... um he came to his senses, though. He was flying a little uh, Piper Cub around southern West Virginia, and he had just had his uh, first child. Uh, that was my brother, Wendell, Max Wendell Lawson, Jr., and my mom was a school teacher in Princeton, West Virginia. And so, uh, I don't know, he did a couple, bunch of solos and flew around. I got his pilot logbook and looked around where he was flying around. I think just one day he, he decided, he said, you know, I've got too much to risk to do this. I'm just going to stop. And he just stopped. Cold turkey, no more flying. And I think my mom was happy about that. She wasn't going to deny him uh, his thrill. He was a ex-military guy. You know, he was in uh, world, at the end of World War II and um, was on stationed on Guam in the Navy. So he knew his way around. He knew his way around a gun. He'd been hunting squirrels. I mean, he was the terror to small wildlife in Jackson County, West Virginia. I mean, when they heard Max got a twenty-two, it was just like an APB went out. Or, I don't know, maybe an maybe emergency broadcast went out to all living creatures. Uh, if you see this guy jump out of his vehicle, go hide. But my dad really enjoyed that kind of stuff, and he was a hunter, an avid fisherman, and, you know, I miss him so much. Uh, I miss his advice. He was my strength for so many years. I just didn't have the confidence, and I, being a little bit introvertish, I was, is that a word? I was a little bit different from my parents, especially my mom. Uh, she was the ultimate extrovert and very uh, outgoing, very uh, a, a tremendous sales training uh, person had her uh, own marketing company. Uh, she had a big, several big contracts with a bunch of big companies, including Tennessee Eastman. She would train their executives uh, that came from foreign countries, and she would go up and teach them American customs and how to eat. You know, how proper manners, how to induce, introduce yourself. You know, a lot of our customs that they they didn't have any idea about. You know, so she uh, Eastman hired her to do that. She did training from. New York City all the way to Australia. So she was the extrovert in the family. And I, I learned a lot from her, um, especially how to communicate. Um, my dad was the big manners guy, but she was too. And, you know, they just wanted to make sure that, that if I was going to be in society, that I was going to be a respected member of society. Isn't it weird, though, how 
a lot of those customs and standards have either gone completely by the wayside or just eroded badly. You know, and I could go into into more on that, but this is a show about cars and about car care, how to take care of uh, certain scenarios, things that happen to every car owner as a part of their car life. Today, I want to deal with something that you really need to understand, and that's your warranty and about, um, you know, what is the manufacturer responsible for, really? I mean, what power do you have over them if you have a problem? A lot of people think, well, I got the lemon law, you know, so if you get a car that's a, a problem car that you have to take into the shop a few times that you think, well, I'll just, you know, they'll just buy it back from me. Nay, nay. Doesn't always work that way. And plus, the lemon law only applies to vehicles that are purchased by the original owner, and uh, the defect has to take place within the first 12 months or 12,000 miles, and you have to have it in the service department for at least 30 consecutive days or 30 uh, total days, and it has to be at least three attempts on the same problem. And a lot of people don't realize that there are all these stipulations. And so, you know, and you also don't realize that your argument is not with the dealer. Remember, well, it might have been with the dealer because he didn't wasn't able to fix the problem. You might be angry at him, but he's your best ally. And I'll explain that to you and why you need to make sure that the dealer stays on your side. Don't alienate him. Uh, or the general manager, or whoever you happen to be working with, uh, because he can be a major determinant as to whether you get warranty coverage or not, even after your warranty expires. So we'll talk about that as well. So we'll get into that here just right after this quick break. Okay, I am back talking about warranties. Try not to go to sleep. No, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, when you buy a new vehicle, uh, or you buy a new pillow you know, or a Tonka toy. There is a warranty that typically comes with just about any product. Warranties, by definition, are offered by the manufacturer of the product. Um, Warranties are governed by state law and federal law, and they they are the enforcement mechanism if you have an issue. Um, Of course, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people resort to going to a lawyer first, and I think that is a big no-no. Unfortunately, there are a lot of dealers and dealership personnel that are trained that if you mention the word, I'm going to see my lawyer, the conversation instantly stops. The dealers, lots, a lot of them say, you know, if somebody mentions lawyer, you just tell, you just say, bye, sorry, our conversation's over. I mean, I just can't imagine that. You know, people use that as a threat, you know. They probably don't, in, many of them don't intend to do it. But don't do that, okay? Um, go into the dealership if you have an issue and sit down and, you know, just be nice and, and ask to speak to the person in charge. Why do you want to speak to him? Well, because it's, it's between me and him. Well, he's not here. Well, when will he be here? Uh, I have. Would you please give him a note that I want you know and get, leave your number and stuff like that. Hopefully, they'll call you back. If they don't, you're probably doing business at the wrong place. 
But uh, let me just talk about the different coverages that you have. So mo- most new vehicles come with a three-year, 36,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty. Now, they typically will have powertrain coverage. That's the engine, transmission, rear differential. Could be the front differential as well if it's a four-wheel drive. Could be the transfer case as well. Okay, so those things, the powertrain, uh, is often covered for anywhere from five years, uh, 60,000 miles. I I think Hyundai has a 100,000-mile powertrain. Now, you hear a lot about these lifetime powertrain warranties. As a matter of fact, my dealership, we offer a lifetime powertrain warranty. It's not a warranty. It's really a service contract. And it's uh, it's offered by an independent third party. It's not the manufacturer. It pays. I mean, it's backed by insurance, and most dealership uh, lifetime warranties are. Some of them are just backed by the dealers, though. That would concern me. What if the dealership is sold? Then, you know, you blow up your engine at 300,000 miles, go in to get it fixed, say, sorry, that was with the other guy. We don't offer that. So that could happen. Make sure you have your – always keep that paperwork. Keep it handy. So that's what the factory offers. You know, they do offer – other aspects of the uh, agreement include roadside assistance. Um, you know, sometimes they will offer a um, certain number of oil changes for free and stuff like that. But that's not the warranty. Warranties are to protect you against defects in material and workmanship, which means that there's like on my F-150 that just had the axle bolt broken. Uh, I've got, a, let's see, 12,000 miles on it, and I heard this uh, screeching noise when I applied my brakes, and also when I was accelerating. Anytime I'd hit the throttle, I'd hear, kind of like that. And I said, what in the world? So anyway, I mentioned this in a previous podcast. A bolt had actually broken off. When they pulled my wheel off, wheel and tire, when it came out, a bolt, a top of a bolt, hit the floor. Now, that's scary. What co- what's uh, the warranty that covers that? Well, the manual forward warranty covers that. Now, unfortunately... My truck's still sitting out there parked because the part is on a national back order right now. Now, the warranty is going to pay that. Now, how, how does the dealer get paid when, when he does warranty? Well, we get paid full retail price just like as if the customer was paying. Uh, Ford Motor Company, General Motors, they pay dealers full retail on parts and full retail on labor. Otherwise, the dealers really, you know, they don't like doing warranty work. But they are... The de- Trust me, folks, the dealer wants to fix your car. There is no personal vendetta against you to not fix your car. Fix your car. Because I've heard people say, well, because you're having to pay for it under warranty, you don't want to fix it. Well, that's nonsense. Uh, we do want to fix it. We want you to be happy. We, we want you to brag about us, and then, you know, three or four years from now, when you're ready to buy another car, you come back to us. There's no motivation for us to not fix your car while that's under warranty. But sometimes, you know, I mean, I hate to admit it, but sometimes we can't fix it without help from the factory. So we have to contact them. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I mentioned it's so important for you to be nice to the dealer and the service manager and get to know them is because human nature uh, is such that uh, people like to help people that are nice to them, and they don't like to help people who are not nice to them now. Should we help everybody? Yes. But should you be a jerk? No. They shouldn't be a jerk either. You know, and sometimes I talked about the previous show, the one just before this one, I talked about, peop- you know, sometimes customer service people get attitudes and you can see it on their face and that's irritating. I know, but you can still, you don't have to sink to their level 
and hopefully you'll get to speak to somebody that you need to. So that, those are factory warranties, and then the the, the lifetime powertrain is a is a um, you know an aftermarket uh, warranty. Aftermarket warranties are anything that they sell you at the dealership. Uh, when you buy the car. So, you know, you've got a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty, and you say, well, that's not enough bumper-to-bumper. I want more coverage than that. I had a guy tell me today, he said, Lenny, I've got all this electronics on this Ford F-150 Power Boost. Should I buy a service contract? You know, he called it an extended warranty. And I said, well, it all depends on, you know, uh, how long you plan on keeping the vehicle. Uh, You have to do a cost-benefit analysis. I mean, basically, you're betting uh, whatever the cost of that warranty is, you're betting that much money that you're going to have problems with the car, and the manufacturer's betting that you aren't. And those claims will get paid. Um, but folks, they may not get paid if you buy a warranty that is advertised by, from somebody calling you, not from the dealership, um, not from the manufacturer, but somebody else get your number, or you see one of these television commercials or hear one of these radio commercials and, and buy one of those warranties. Those warranties are not good. And uh, while some of them do pay, uh, the claims process can be somewhat laborious, and I would not recommend you buy any of that. If you want to buy a service contract, let's call it an extended warranty. If you want to buy one, go to the dealership where you bought your car and hopefully they'll give you a good price. They can overcharge, though. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, the average warranty is going to be anywhere from $1,800 to $3,500. If you pay more than that, you're getting ripped off. Uh, let's see. Okay, factory warranties, roadside assistance, rust protection. You know, that that's built in. They'll typically do five years unlimited mileage on rust through. You don't see a lot of modern cars rust. Unless you get a paint chip or something like that on your car and expose metal. And that happens, you know, along the rocker panels and then, you know, where the rocks can fly out from the wheels. Sometimes it happens along the hood. If you do get a little rock chip or something, most important thing is to get some touch-up paint and touch it up. You know, don't let it sit out there exposed. One other warranty that I didn't discuss was the emissions warranty. Now, that was mandated, I think, way back in 1995. They came out with a mandatory federal government warranty on emissions. Uh, on minor emissions stuff, which is, gosh, there's a lot of components listed on on this list. Um, everything from air system controls, catalytic converters, the distributor, electronic fuel injection, your exhaust manifold, anything to do with the exhaust, your fuel ta- or fuel cap and fuel tank, uh, fuel pump, fuel lines, the ignition coil, ignition module. Oxygen sensors, all of these things. There's a big, long list of them. Transmission control module. You wouldn't think something like that would be affiliated with or covered by an emission warranty, but it is. And your three-year 36,000-mile warranty may expire, and you go into an independent repair shop with a check engine light, and it says that your mass airflow sensor is uh, defective or that you've got a distributor problem. You know, your your spark, you're not getting the right spark at the right time. Or you've got a fuel pump that's bad. Well, unfortunately, the independent um, can't get any warranty repairs done. Now, there's been a lot of legislation to try to allow independents to do warranty work. That would be the demise of new car dealers probably. But uh, independents, as of this time, cannot do warranty work. 
And so the only way they can get any money out of you is to tell you that uh, is to give you a price and not give you any indication that this would be covered under warranty. In fact, the only way to get these types of things taken care of is to go back to the dealer that sells the product. I mean, I'm a big advocate. Of course, I am a dealer. I'm not, I don't think I'm being unusually biased here because I just feel like the level of expertise at a car dealership is much greater than in most independent shops, although many independent shop owners and technicians have worked at new car dealers before. And uh, they left for who knows what reason. But the level of training requirements, the level of equipment, uh, the availability of parts, uh, the availability of warranty work, and, you know, if you do run out of warranty and then come up with a major engine failure or transmission, many times if you were a loyal customer of the dealership, the manufacturer will look at that. They'll look at your repair history and say, hey, this guy might buy another Chevrolet someday. We need to take care of him. And they'll pay for it. Or they'll pay for the parts and you pay for the labor, you know, or they'll, you know, they'll pay half the bill or whatever. They'll do something. But if you go to an independent shop, you're going to pay for it all. And, uh, you know, that's something to think about. I had a, uh, I was looking at Facebook and I'd gotten a referral. I don't remember how it came to me, but there was this guy that was complaining um, about us, about my dealership, because his car had been here for eight days. He said it was two weeks. It was actually eight days, and we hadn't started on it yet. Well, it was towed in, and, you know, we have a schedule. We have appointments. We have all these other responsibilities. We have a full shop. We write 50 repair orders a day. And he didn't understand why we hadn't started working on his car yet, so he started blasting us on Facebook and asking us where should he take his vehicle. Well, a couple people said, well, you know, you could take it to this guy or this guy or this guy. What he doesn't realize is they're backed up also. And more than likely, they can't get him right in. And if it's possibly a warranty issue, which his could be, it's a Ford Fusion, late model Ford Fusion, then it could have been taken care of under the emission control warranty if that might be the reason why it's not starting. But if he goes to the independent shop, it's all on him. You know, if he comes to a dealer, there is a chance that warranty would step up and and pay for that. So, you know, these are just considerations a lot of customers. You know the reason a lot of customers don't know this? It's because they don't read their war- their owner's manual, and they don't read their warranty book. Um, I know it's it's boring, but the warranty book will tell you what's covered. And if you are confused about that, you know you every every um, manufacturer has uh, customer assistance that you can call. And anytime you have an issue that let's say it's been to the dealership a couple times and you're getting kind of frustrated, I'd go ahead and call customer assistance and tell them what's going on and get what they call a case number. And once you get a case number, that information is transferred to the dealership and that will get the dealership's attention when you get a case number with customer assistance. And, um, you know, when you do that, uh, the, the, things will, the wheels will start to turn and things will start to happen. Uh, most dealers do not like to get customer assistance inquiries because it's a strike against them. So don't do it to the guy just because you took it in there one time and, you know, had a small issue and they didn't fix it. I wouldn't call customer assistance. But if you have, you know, something that is, uh, let's say that they've quoted you a big price to do something that's not covered under warranty, it never hurts to call customer assistance and see what they'll do because many times they will go ahead and proactively do something. I've, I've even seen them offer to, you know, we can't help you, but we will give you 
a an extended warranty for the next three years or thirty six thousand miles. Now that's pretty cool that they're willing to do that. So you know the thing about it is if you never ask, you never receive. So that's just another little tip that you hear on this radio show. So I'll be back in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. You know, if you live in a state that um, actually does emissions tests, then and we don't in Tennessee. I don't know why. It's never been able to pass in the state of Tennessee. I think they think that's a hardship on a lot of people, and it probably is. But uh, most states do have some type of emissions test. If you fail an emissions test and your car has less than, um, it, you've had it less than eight years or 80,000 miles, that's not on you. That's on the manufacturer. So don't, again, that's where you, you know, you take it, you get the emissions test done at an independent shop. You fail. They say, well, you need this part. You need a map sensor. You need a, an a, a evaporator valve. You need something that costs a lot of money, and they're going to sell it to you right there on the spot, and they're going to test you again. Don't fall for that. You know, just if you're under eight years from uh, in-service state and 80,000 miles, all you have to do is take it back to the dealership. They'll fix it for free, no deductible. Then you take it back and get your emission test, and you're good to go. So, you know, you just got to watch out for that kind of stuff. If I can help you, send me a text message. If you think I can, if you don't think I can, then leave me alone. But if you think that I can help you, and uh, with my experience, 40, what, 44 years now? in the car business as a new car dealer. So, you know, send, send me a text message, 423-552-2020, or you can send me an email to LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to help you. Thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I'll see you uh, next time.